0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh yeah, better than this. I don't know what I'm doing, I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts on this Monday edition of the show. The legal campering period is underway. There's going to be a fury of moves here in the NFL landscape. Kyle, welcome to the show. Are you ready for all the new... Oh, we're cracking something open? What's
1: going on? Here? Let's that get was a white- weird, man.
0: Is that a white Let's monster? Let's
1: get weird. Uh, no, it's not a white monster.
0: Wow. Well, you don't drink stuff from a can. It's a root beer. It's a diet root it, beer.
1: Room it's temperature. not. It's diet not.
0: Dr. Pepper. Room it's temperature. not. It's Coke not. Zero. Coke it's Zero.
1: It's not. Wow. What was, was any of those good guesses? No, it's, a, it's an adult beverage. Drinking a beer from a can? I'm drinking a beer from a can today, Joe. What? Yeah, I know. What? Okay. It's pumpkin. It's pumpkin. I'm just in, it's, was. it's in here in my fridge, down in my office, and it's just sitting here and wanted something different. You know, you got to stimulate the taste buds. Variety the spice of life, as they say, and as many free agents will find out with their new teams next year, variety is the spice of life. You got to change it up, but you got to try something new.
0: Pumpkin beer in March.
1: It's the Push. only kind of beer I'll drink.
0: Yeah, I've never, I've never seen you be a big beer drinker, so I was definitely surprised not only that you're drinking beer from a can, but that you're drinking beer at all.
1: Well, Here we are. Yeah. I'm full of surprises, man.
0: Let's see if there's any surprises with our quarterback takes. It's oh, about what time. what a segue. It was nicely done. I figured you'd be proud there. But here's the deal, man. I put off watching quarterbacks forever this year, you know? now that i don't prejudiced. know why you do
1: that coach gruden but okay Well, i'll
0: tell you what man when you got a guy like josh allen back there a guy that can throw it a mile and a half down the field <laughs> you don't have to look as hard at the quarterbacks each year so can yeah I cut, no, can sure. I cut you off can i cut you off real quick yeah, go did ahead. you hear what
1: Rosenhaus said uh no about why antonio didn't want to go to buffalo I saw
0: an article about that, and I don't remember him saying anything about Josh Allen, so whatever you're going to say here is news to me.
1: I believe I saw on social media he made some reference to needing good quarterback play wherever Antonio was going to uh, no, go No, I,
0: I think you've been bamboozled there. What uh, what he no. said. He, no, because he commented. I read an article about it, and he basically said we never got far enough in the discussions with Buffalo for us to uh, really discuss whether or not Antonio would want to play there. So I think you got bamboozled.
1: I'm going to have my producer double-check, but you can go ahead and set the table for what we got coming up next.
0: Yeah, so there's uh, Kyler Murray, this Oklahoma quarterback. You guys have probably heard of him. And Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State quarterback. These are kind of the consensus top two quarterbacks in the draft, and I finally got around to doing the deep dives and writing writing my scouting reports. And so it's time for us to discuss these guys in depth here on the Draft Dudes podcast. And uh, Kyle, has your producer done the work yet here?
1: Yeah, uh, Drew Rosenhaus, subtle jab at the Bills. Certainly Antonio is a great receiver, one of the best of all time, but it's hard to reach your potential if you don't have an offensive coach or a quarterback that can help you execute. He said that?
0: hmm I don't believe you. <laughs> it's in quotations. Drew Rosenhaus said that?
1: It's Drew Rosenhaus, subtle jab at the Bills with the quote.
0: Whatever. Whatever everybody wants to make the bills punching triggered,
1: (laughs) Joe's triggered. It's stupid.
0: You're so stupid, Drew. No, those comments are stupid.
1: Okay, you ready? You ready? We're moving on. Maybe find Buffalo a good quarterback. So Antonio Brown can want to come play in Buffalo. I don't know. It's fine. I'm good.
0: The Antonio Brown era of Bills football was not great, Kyle. Was not. It was not a great time for me. Buffalo a lot of sleep.
1: Uh, Buffalo Bill Great, Antonio Brown now with the Raiders. Sad, sad times, but <laughs> the show must go on, and we're going to talk about Dwayne and Kyler Murray. So it's it's going to be okay. You like one of these guys better than the other? Uh, they both have the same kind of valuation for me, but Kyler's going to be a higher-rated player for me than
0: Dwayne. Yeah, I think for me it's Kyler by a lot,
1: by a ton. By actually. a lot, by a ton.
0: Yeah, yeah you, let's talk about Dwayne Haskins first. You want to do that? I'm good with that. Sure. You want to set the table or you want me to do it?
1: Um, yeah, I could set the table with Dwayne. All right. I have a second-round value on uh, Dwayne Haskins. And to give a little bit of explanation, for those of you who may be new to the show or uh, unfamiliar with the difference between value and grade and where a guy actually gets picked, is if I had a draft board, I probably would not give consideration to Dwayne Haskins until the second round of the draft. It's a second round value. So if you're picking Dwayne in the second round, you're getting an appropriate turn for your pick return for your pick. But if you're picking him in the top 15, you're picking a top 50, using a top 15 pick on a set, a player that's ideally picked in the second round, not great value. So that's kind of how I distinguish where I would value the players. Haskins, Pretty clean projection to the next level because he's a prototypical pocket passer. He does a lot of his best stuff, work in the intermediate areas of the field. He ran a lot of quick game, a lot of screen game at Ohio State, let his receivers do a lot of the work for him. But so did Kyler Murray, so I'm not going to bang him too hard on that. Uh, But I would say this about Dwayne. For being a prototypical pocket passer, my primary areas of concern are with deeper drops and prolonged reps of prolonged holding the football within the pocket, uh, things break down there a lot for Dwayne. Unless he has a very clear alley to climb the ladder, get up into the pocket and cut it loose. Typically, he's got his best with those accurate throws. Again, in the middle of the field, intermediate areas, uh, big time arm. But he, you watch these two back to back, Joe? Um, no, not
0: not Rel- relatively yeah. close back to back to back days, yeah.
1: I thought Dwayne had a fine release, and then I watched Kyler immediately afterwards. (laughs) And it was, holy cow. Like There's a lag on this trigger a little bit. And the deep ball, especially compared to Kyler, I think those are two areas that Kyler has a decided advantage as far as his resume on film versus Dwayne, who's a little bit longer, needs a little bit more space to operate, and his deep ball accuracy is simply not very good.
0: Yeah, I think, Kyle, I mean – it, it's, he, he's an easy projection. Like He's easy to figure out. He's one of those drop-back passers. But the thing about it, like the thing that really cautions me with with Haskins is not necessarily because he's just a drop-back passer because I loved Rosen last year. as my QB1. He just doesn't really win down the field very often. If I'm going to have a pocket passer, a big guy that's going to deliver the football from the pocket, I want to make sure that he can challenge the deeper windows of the field with consistency. And I thought he was very erratic working the ball down the field. I didn't necessarily love his ability to be patient and let those routes develop down the field and be able to hang in there and and deliver strikes. Now, you want him to slot throws against zone coverage and the underneath areas of the field? Like, yeah, he's going to do that just fine. But, like, for his profile, I really want a guy that I trust to whip it down the field. I want him to be a surgeon, a guy that's going to dice you up. And I don't know that I get that with Haskins. Now, he's a one-year starter, just like Murray. But that's something I wish I had seen more from him in Ohio state tape last year. And then I, d- I do get concerned with his mechanics, man. Like he's kind of funky with the amount of times he'll like, he'll have a c- completely clean pocket and he'll just keep his back foot back and throw off his back foot. He has a really stiff front foot and I don't think he d- he's very deliberate about kind of getting that lower body torque into his throws. And I think because of that, it affects his release points. And because of all of that, it really impacts his, his accuracy. And so, Kind of if if I want if you're giving me a prototypical drop back passer, I really want to see clean mechanics and I want to see that vertical passing element to your game, because I know you're not going to be able to extend plays and pick up stuff with your with your feet. I'm willing to concede that, but I'm missing two critical
1: areas. And you want to be able to have a guy that can get the ball out quickly when he decides it's time to throw the football, right? right? That lightning fast release, which he's got a little drop to the football. That ball is not high and tight and immediately, you know, out like a slingshot. It's got a little bit of a of a hook to it, and he drops that ball a little bit. It's nothing egregious, and typically his arm strength is able to mask those issues. But as you said, you know, if he's throwing at zone coverage, like he can slot balls into spaces between zone coverage, no problem. But it's when he has to hold the football on a deeper concept, And he knows he's got pressure. He's staring down the barrel of pressure. How long can he afford to hold that football before he has to release it? And how accurate can he be in those situations? Because if you're not going to have a ton of escapability, which is something I thought Kyler leaned on a little bit too much at times, but we'll talk about Kyler in just a minute. You need to be able to hold that ball, hold that ball, let that receiver get to the top of his route, and then throw accurately to the spot against man coverage. So when you I, think I, about – go ahead. I was just going to say I, I didn't think he he did that with great consistency. There were flashes of it, but it was more back foot hits the ground and the ball's out than staring down pressure and then being able to to, to accurately slot the ball to a spot. So, like, if if
0: Haskins reaches all of his potential, what, what do we what do we have here? What's the ceiling? Yeah, like, what's the ce- what you know? Like, it it doesn't
1: get me that excited. Well, here's the it- crazy thing: is we, you listen to some of the other, you know, it's always hard this time of year because you don't want to you don't want to let other people's opinions put too much in your head. But I believe I've seen people say he's like been used in the same sentence as Tom Brady. Oh. I believe I've seen somebody say the one of the best to ever play the game if he hits the ceiling. And it's just, Oof. that's not, you know, that, that just does <laughs>
0: not do it for me at all. It's wild because I did, I did my mock draft on Sunday and I had Bengals fans rejoicing because I had him going to them at what is it? Was at 11. I had Jags fans saying they wanted to kill themselves because I had them passing on Haskins. It's the same thing with the Giants. Like he teams that need a quarterback want their team to select Haskins, and I this to me this is like definitely a player I would pass on.
1: Yeah, it's and it's some of it's the just the climate of the quarterback class this year, but at the same time, like just like we talk about the the draft is seven rounds long, right? There's always going to be another draft. And I know for a lot of fans, that's a hard pill to swallow, but I wouldn't bury the next four or five years of my team if I didn't really genuinely believe in one of these guys and take them inside the top 15 of the top 10. And Jacksonville's a little bit of a different case because like, their window with their defensive talent being able to hold all these guys is right now. But that's why you're going to go make a play for a guy like Nick Foles. So don't double down and compound the problem by tying yourself into a guy that you don't necessarily think is going to be an immense upgrade over what you have right now in Blake Bortles. And
0: you can get a Nick Foles or a a Tyrod Taylor or somebody like that every single offseason. And I'm not saying quarterbacks aren't worth the risk and all that type of stuff, but is there really enough present here with Haskins? To me, like think about Sam Darnold last year. I thought he had a lot of warts in his game. But I could get behind it. I could say, "Oh, I get it. I see the ceiling there. I see what he could become." With Haskins, I'm like, "What's the ceiling? How exciting is that ceiling? Is he ever going to be a, a top half of the of the league quarterback? I don't know. I don't know if that's ever going to happen for him. I think he's going to have some limitations to the offense. And I, I, to me, that's not the guy that I'm going to hitch my wagon to.
1: Yeah, he doesn't strike me as a player that's really going to elevate the play of the entire team around him." Right. He almost seemed like he was more of a beneficiary of the speed around him at Ohio State than the other way around.
0: And that's why I can get behind him with the Giants, because if they get the offensive line right, weapons on top of weapons. Right. Right. Like you to me, you have to make sure the infrastructure is right to put in Haskins. Right. I think that's a very that, that kind of sums it up, and that kind of speaks to what I meant by limitations. You need to have playmakers, you need to have an offensive line around him to really get the most out of what he can offer. But there is this other quarterback.
1: Kyle. Well, hold, on. hold on, hold yeah. on. Go
0: ahead. Go ahead.
1: My producer pulled up one of these quotes. All right. I'm not gonna say who it's from, but I'm just gonna read you a quote and I want your reaction. Okay. I think Dwayne Haskins is special. I think people are sleeping on him. In my estimation, Haskins is better than all of the quarterbacks that came out last year.
0: I don't know how you get there. I don't know how you can logically get there based on the sample size of film that we have at our disposal. And understanding what he is not isn't physically and how that translates to playmaking in the NFL. I don't know how you get to that conclusion.
1: I have another one. Haskins is a tremendous passer from the pocket. He can throw it with touch, timing, and accuracy. He can drive it, throw it to all areas of the field. A natural leader with a high IQ comparison, very similar to Warren Moon. What? What? That's just not fair.
0: Those aren't fair yeah, expectations. That, that's,
1: that's that's quite the corner to paint a kid into, you know?
0: Especially when they're stylistically very different. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I don't know who said that, but I don't think I want to know either.
1: They they work for one of the big two networks. Mm. So you want to talk about Kyler Murray?
0: I, I do, because I, Kyle Murray. <laughs> What's funny about Kyler, man, is I resisted him for a very long time. I really did. And maybe it was coming off of, of the Haskins eval that made me really appreciate his playmaking instincts. But I think we have something here, man. Like, like obviously this lack of height is not ideal and you wish he, he had more experience, but I think he has a natural feel for like making plays and having instincts in, in the offense. And uh, I I mean, obviously he's got arm talent. That's, that's not hard to identify. This guy can whip it. I mean, he can literally, I mean, he, his game requires him to throw the football off platform and with weird arm slots. And he can do that, throw it accurately and put a lot of zip on the ball. And I think that creative element to his game, that improbability, is just going to be part of what he does. Uh, he can drive it anywhere on the field. I think he's got good moments of general accuracy, and there's times where you're like, wow, he really put that in a tough spot. And, uh, you know, I, I really like a lot about him. Now, my, my caution for him, him really comes from kind of the more nuanced portions of playing quarterback, working progressions, throwing with anticipation, understanding, uh, doing doing things to help guys get open with your eyes and holding coverage and just being a more nuanced guy. But he's a one-year starter. And I get excited about his potential growth in those areas, committed fully to football, with an NFL coaching staff, with a scheme that's being built to his strength. I think he can, has a ceiling to really grow and develop there. And I do my, my biggest concern probably with Kyler is that he had the best offensive line in college football potentially. Going up against soft Big Twelve defenses, and now he he found some success later in the game against Alabama. But that you know, he got off to a rough start. Right. Yeah, I mean you know, the first a,
1: twenty minutes of that football game were brutal for Goddard. right.
0: It really was. But he kind of put it together there towards the end, and, and he's going to be challenged differently in the NFL. There's the, a lot of the things that he did that made him so dynamic in college will will be have to be different for them to win to for them to work in the NFL, but. I think that there is something far more exciting here than anything you're going to get from Haskins.
1: Right, and that's that's the appeal is the intrigue, right? You know, these are both first-year starters, but I feel like there's an intrinsic sense of composure to Kyler's game. You know, the cor- quarterback's one of those finicky positions, and trust me, having watched Ryan Tannehill for seven years, I know all about a guy that gets deer in the headlights in the pocket kind of fades into pressure, gets really uncomfortable. Kyler never looks uncomfortable under pressure. You know, he's, he's always trying to make something happen. He never panics. He might make a boneheaded throw because he doesn't Mm -hmm. see a guy, but it's never frantic. It never feels like he's lost the wheel, if you will. And, um, I agree with you on a couple of things that you said about Kyler, specifically talking about general accuracy. That was one of the first things I took away from watching his tape. I said he illustrates more general accuracy versus precision pinpoint accuracy. But with that said, the natural arm talent that he has with his baseball background allows him to a generate a lot of velocity on the move and in short spaces and b flashed together some phenomenal placements of the football. I thought he threw with confidence to two areas of the field. Most interested, if you if you came away with the same impressions, Joe, vertically between the numbers and outbreaking patterns to the sideline were areas where he, he read those with confidence from the pre-snap to the post-snap and being able to see those throws. Uh, I thought he had missed a lot of intermediate routes in the middle of the field. Some of that comes back to the fact that you're 5'10" and your offensive line is 6'5 6'6. Being able to see those shorter area throws over that offensive line in the middle of the field is going to be a limitation for him. It's inevitable. So how do you how do you vet that? How do you account for that? You know, I like him in an offense that's going to get him on the move. A lot of rolling pockets, utilize his athleticism, really try and draw in some RPO type concepts where you're simplifying as far as the middle of the field. You're trying to isolate that single linebacker that you can identify. The more of those types of throws that you can create and the more you're able to use his legs as a weapon, not necessarily to run the ball, but to keep the platform from being static and allowing pass rushers to box you in, I think are two areas that you can weaponize Kyler Murray very easily, but you have to be willing to do those sorts of things instead of just calling your offense and having him be a drop back passer.
0: I totally agree. One thing that I thought was funky about watching him, particularly against like Kansas and Baylor or West Virginia, those teams is how little those defenses did to try
1: to just contain him.
0: Well, it, not just contain, but affect his ability to see down the middle of the field. Like a lot of times they're just sinking these backers. They're just sinking. They just sink and sink and sink. And all you're doing is, is creating throwing lanes, natural for throwing him. lanes. Yeah. I, yep. I, I'm going to dress that up. I would dress up the middle of the field in a big way against him to really try to force his eyes to have just a lot going on. And, and I, I just, I
1: mean, they're just sinking. I'm like,
0: what is going on? You're, you're parting the red sea for this guy to hit this tight end down
1: the seam. So well, there's the um, challenge, right? Because you don't yes. know what you're going to get from him when he's put in those conditions because exactly the vast right. majority of his tape, he wasn't asked to do that.
0: Right. But when you think about the athletic profile and the arm talent and all of that, I feel like there's certainly ways you can be creative to take advantage of what he has. And, and if you, Hey, if you're going to do that, I'm just going to, I'm going to work outside the numbers all day long. And I know I got a quarterback that can make those throws. So, I mean, it's it goes both ways, right? You can try to take certain things away from me, but I got a guy that, you know, we're going to force you to do other things. And so, you know, it's being able to process that information and know where to go with the football. And I mean, I don't think you can draft Kyler Murray and say he's our the guy from day one next year. I think that's a recipe for, a big disaster, but I think that he can be a really difficult quarterback to, to defend at the next level.
1: Right. It's just, it's going to come down to putting him in a position to be successful and not just assuming because there's, there's a lot of what, how do I want to put it there? There's a lot that still needs to take place for him. Yes. He's he's so exciting because of what he can be, not because of what he is. And it's frustrating because you, you, for every splash throw, like the deep touchdown, the the 45-yard or 50-yard touchdown, whatever it was against Alabama, or the fade to beat Texas in the Big 12, or to ice up the the Big 12 championship game, there's a simple throw against Army where he has to slide (laughs) three feet to his right and then hit a guy who's wide open, eight yards down the field, and he throws it three yards behind him. So it's there's that overall lack of consistency that has me really apprehensive to covet him very high. Because I think we we have talked to you on this show before about how our personal draft assessments from the outside looking in, these are risk assessments more than anything else. There is a ton of incurred risk with Kyler Murray, based on the general lack of inexperience, some of the ball placement and accuracy inconsistencies, and then the fact that you have to get creative with him. How many offenses do can Kyler Murray go to in the NFL where you're going to feel good about where he's at and what he's doing? Can you count him on more than one hand? No, but that's.
0: I think you have to accept and understand these things if you're going to make that decision to bring him in.
1: Sure, and I understand why a team will make that decision. But from our perspective on the outside, before the draft, I don't know how you're pounding on the table for Kyler Murray.
0: Unless you absolutely need a quarterback. Why For Miami. If Miami were able to sit there and draft them, they'd ha- I, 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 before that, I really would.
1: I'd get why they would do it, and I wouldn't criticize them for it. But you damn well, damn well better put everything in place to make sure you cater to his skills. So many NFL coaches try and put it the other way around and get a guy. Like, I thought the Ravens did a really nice job with that with Lamar Jackson last year, right? And I never in a million years would have guessed that the Ravens coaching staff would have been creative enough to do that. It was Greg Roman
0: and Marty Morningwake. Those are the guys, man. They did it with Cap. Uh, Roman did it with Tyrod. You know, he he's there's only one Greg Roman and he ain't leaving Baltimore, you know? So, right. like, right, <laughs> you are going to have to find guys that are willing to do that. And it,
1: but what's the expense and how long is a coach going to be able to, going to be willing to do that?
0: Well, this is what's confusing about uh, the Arizona
1: thing. Right. Exactly <laughs> so. right. Because I guarantee the Baltimore Ravens aren't going to play that, that kind of style in two years. They're probably not no. going to play next year.
0: No, there has to be an evolve involvement with it. It has to, it has to evolve.
1: So that's what makes Kyler such a challenging study, even though he's such an exciting player because he, he goes against flies in the face of so many traditional criteria that the vast majority of coaches across the league are going to require. We hope you guys enjoyed this quarterback special talking Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins, the general consensus top two quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft class. Joe, do, do you have anybody rated above either one of these two guys?
0: Uh, no, I, I don't think I will either.
1: Okay. So, this I mean, this is it, folks. This is the cream of the crop this year. <laughs> and um, both Kyler and Dwayne, for me, are probably when it's all said and done and the dust settles, they're going to be somewhere between 35 and 45, maybe 50 on the big board. Kyler's going to be really close to 35. Uh, so I don't love these quarterbacks, but as we've kind of talked our way through, they each have their merits. They each have their things that they can offer to the right kind of situation, but neither one of these guys are universal prospects, and I think that hurts some of that evaluation from us on the outside looking in. Make sure you guys come back tomorrow for Takes on Takes. Hit us with your hot tags with the hashtag Takes on Takes, or hit us with somebody else's hashtag. We don't care who it comes from. We just want to have the hots, so send them our way. Kyle Krabs at Grinding the Tape. Signing off with the Joe Marino. Come back and see us again tomorrow.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.